you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and welcome back to the Fanboy Planet podcast. I said welcome back because it's been a while, and I am here, as always, with podcast producer... Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. We are coming to you virtually. Of course we are, but we are recording from L.A. and San Jose, and that's all the info we're going to give you at the moment. Anyway, uh, so thanks for, for joining, and uh, if you'd like to join in the conversation, you can communicate with us and follow along uh, by writing into editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, go there, or you can follow us on the Fanboy Planet Facebook page, which is Fanboy Planet. You can follow us on Twitter, which is, of course, Fanboy Planet and Instagram at Fanboy Planet. So you see the pattern. And of course, if there's anything we talk about on this podcast, which you may wish to own for your very own, and you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store, uh, every Fanboy Planet page, fanboyplanet.com, has a an ad for Amazon or a direct link for Amazon uh, that you can go through and and you can purchase things through that. It's through a search box, as well as, of course, uh, bookshop.org. Sometimes we have direct links that way, uh, which helps to benefit your local independent bookstores. Uh, And we must also legally say, of course, we are affiliated, which means if you make a purchase through Amazon or bookshop.org through fanboyplanet.com, you generate potential revenue for Fanboy Planet, which you appreciate because it helps defray the cost of hosting. Anyway... Uh, so it has been a while, and we thought we would uh, catch up on comics from, oh, I'd say it's been a month, two months. Uh, so a fair game to say our, our pick of the week is really pick of the, of the six Fortnites. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even play Fortnite, so I, I don't know that. Although that's oh. a pretty good book, too. Oh. Batman, uh, oh. Batman Fortnite has been good. That hurts. Uh, what? That hurts? <laughs> that hurts. No, no, but that's a digi- no. That's not a digital only. That actually is hard copy too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think has successfully driven people into comic shops, but not driven them back into comic shops any other time than to get the whatever free gear comes to the code for whatever gear. I yeah, I don't know the game, uh, and my my son tells me that I shouldn't because it's only for noobs, though. I am a noob, apparently, in my son's eyes. So, as, as a game player, so. Uh, but we do, before we get to comics, we do want to talk about comics adaptations because uh, we're in the midst of of two really excellent shows. And when I was talking about the itinerary uh, a couple of days ago with Rick, and I said, "Let's just do comics. It's been a while. Let's catch up on some comics." And he said, "You're not going to talk about Loki." I'm like, okay, I'll talk about Loki. And then I got to talk about Superman and Lois. So I'll let you, since you broached the topic, uh, and yesterday, Wednesday is very hard to remember. We you, always get I mean, it mixed up. 
yeah, that it's the only reason I know <laughs> is that if I check Facebook in the morning, uh, Jason Salazar has gone, God damn, Loki. <laughs> like, oh, it's Wednesday. Shit. <laughs> and that's a good goddamn. It's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, then, then my feed is I have to stay off Facebook for the rest of the day because everybody's posting spoilers. Um, so it is somewhat difficult to remember on Wednesday, but. But uh, Disney Plus has actually moved everything to follow that with Loki. So yesterday was uh, the fourth episode of six. We only get six episodes on this one. But again, you know, I think we've got to stop thinking of these things as TV series. Right. And more like when we were uh, when we were young and things were mellow. Back in the 70s when the miniseries was a new concept. And you just had like, oh, the six they weeks, were that's events. it. They were events. And... Of course, as say the BBC, British television, and and European television has done this all along. Is a series is it's a different concept than the way Americans do it, but it's only six episodes, so we're we're past the halfway point. And the cliffhanger is amazing. And I don't want to talk about the cliffhanger because if you haven't seen it, yeah, it's finally there. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It absolutely is. And so and and yet. Though I think that Loki has been kind of a slower burn than the others, um, because I, it is also one of the most faithful comics concept adaptations that uh, that Marvel has done yet, and and looks to be getting even more uh, more more of an adaptation than we had thought before. Yeah, um, yeah. The 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 show is uh, is confusing in that. I'll be watching and I'm thinking, there sure is a lot of talking in this show. And then you go back and you go, but man, I was I was caught up in all of it. And that, I think, makes it feel like not much is happening. But then you go back and look at what happened in an episode and you go, that was quite a bit to happen in that amount of time. Well, I think like the third episode felt very, um, and it's through no fault of, of <laughs> the showrunners. I think it's more just my bringing my... My background is it felt very much like a Doctor Who episode. Oh, definitely. definitely. The and whole thing so feels that, like a Doctor Who That episode. was a little frustrating for me at the time. And then in hindsight, I thought, okay, and I keep saying this, like I will revisit and rewatch these things. I haven't yet because, of course, I'm also under, I think, content overload, which is there's just constantly so much. And, you know, you finish you Loki. outside and then, the show or just within the show? Well, both. I yeah. mean, you know, within the show, it's like, okay, I got to discuss, I got to parse this. That's great. I really appreciate, again, that Disney Plus is doing these as weekly episodes instead of binges. Yeah. Because I can tell you how dangerous the binges are. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking about this uh, last night, how for three days, I was really into this Netflix anime, and I still recommend it, called Tresse, uh, which is based on a Filipino comic book. Right. Uh, horror thing. Great, you know, and the only reason, like, it's still in my mind now, after I binged through the whole thing and loved it, was uh, that I'm on a Facebook group that posts art from it. So, I'm like, oh, that's right, I enjoyed Tresse. That was only three weeks ago. Yeah, no, and it's, I've, I've and got, it's gone. This, got the same thing going on with, I've finally gotten around to watching Penny Dreadful. Mm -hmm. And that show is like popcorn, but after after watching three shows in a, in a, in a row my mind is trying to multitask with other things that I need to, I know I need to be doing. So I yeah. end up watching a show and then it ends and I go, well, wait a minute, I missed 
some portion of that because I think you just get exhausted after a little while. It's so much better to get one episode and think about it and discuss it. it Loki's a family show for us. Debbie and Justin and I sit down after the show and talk about what went on and what it means. So, I, I, I do have to ask, have we officially uh, changed Justin's name pronunciation to Sean Chi? I told him about it. He's, he's still not sure he wants to. I'm not sure that he ever liked to be called him Shang Chi. That may be regardless. He may be looking. He may be looking at this as an out. (laughs) I will. I will resume, Justin. I will just stick with Justin. Anyway, so yeah, I think uh, that uh, episode three was, uh, you know, still twists and turns and mysteries. And I remember reading the Time Variance Authority uh, appearances, and that was back in the eighties. and I don't remember much other than that, but I think that alongside uh, WandaVision, these two series are doing the most to set up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Yeah. but also really setting stage four, which actually you can look at Disney Plus and it will, it will give you by phases in the Marvel Universe. You can, you can watch in that they've set up that order so helpfully. They did and, go on three and four together in the listing. It's phase one, phase two, then it says phase because three. Because they don't have that much in phase four. Yeah. Because they have Scarlet, they have WandaVision, and they have I, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. But I think, I think again, like with Black Widow opening, we've got two tracks to phase four. Yeah. We've got this very multiversal conceptual thing that is like, by the way, all over every DC and Marvel comic book that I've bought in the last, you know, two or three months. Um and it's still just astounding that the, that's kind of become a mainstream concept. Everybody gets it. That they, they don't have to spend a lot of time explaining it. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that. Flip side on a more down to earth, which is not. And this is ironic because the show came out of a multiversal crossover on the CW. Uh, Su- Superman and Lois barely, barely references anything about the about the crisis on Infinite Earths. And is almost. I finally decided watching it this week that even though they promised us it was all going to be multiversal and there was a reference to Superman as the first hero, implying there were more, they haven't shown any others other than uh, John Henry Irons coming in, and that was the reference to the multiverse. He was coming from an alternate Earth. Um, well, I thought that was part of putting you know put him in, put him back in Smallville, you know. Yeah, but I, I, I so I just want to I, I want to give kudos to this show for being and and this week was the first time it really clicked. Like, why am I? There are many things about this show. I mean, it's not Superman, classic Superman mythos, although it's more in line with what's going on in the comics right yeah. now. But it somehow has better blended the way people classically think of Superman with this modern version. And, and and updated it without compromising any of the things that make Superman Superman. And I do think that this is one of the best live-action adaptations of Superman there's ever been. I Christopher Reeve still holds, obviously, the place in my heart. Um, but Tyler Hecklin, every week, becomes more and more 
higher on my list of of screen Superman. Like I think that both Brandon Routh and Henry Cavill never got the chance to really play Superman the way they wanted to. It, so it, it's no it, it's no rip on their abilities. It's about who the directors were, what those scripts were. When you think but about the, Superman being um, an alien who came to Earth and wants to act like a human being, there was a lot. I, have you watched this week's episode? No, I haven't. Okay, I don't. There's a line from Holographic Jor-El, which I just love that we get to say that. That's a character. Uh, that Holographic Jor-El says that, that like, what I look for when I watch a live-action adaptation of anything, of a, of a classic hero that you think you know everything about, can somebody give me a line or a, a moment that illuminates the character in a way that probably subconsciously I felt this? but I've never heard it spoken before. And so this, this, this last week's episode, if you, if you're watching this and it's been 10 episodes of Superman back in Smallville with his teen sons and, Oh, he's a father, you know, he's a father. But one of the things I appreciated was I realized that for the first time in a CW show, these teenagers look like teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know, they flashed back before to young Clark Kent at Smallville High and with his mother and I think Michelle Scarabelli criminally underused and underrated actor in general. She was on Alien Nation way back when and she was a, a favorite of mine then and she just plays Martha Kent so beautifully and of course unfortunately in the timeline of the show Martha Kent has passed away so it's all flashbacks but when they showed this young Clark like going and finding the Fortress of Solitude which of course we've all seen from Superman the movie and we've seen it replayed time and time again it, it's like that's oh he's he is truly young, you know. <laughs> this yeah. is a seventeen year old really going, and he doesn't look like he's twenty five, uh, and because he can work more hours that way, this kid looks seventeen, and so that was great. But it's going to be holographic Jorel once they go through the training. You've seen all that says. Now go, and find out why you want to serve them, and. I've never heard anybody put that line in, into a, the mouth of Jorel or Kal-El yeah. or, or Clark, you know, and, and I thought this is absolutely the Superman we need for 2021. And I hope more people are paying attention to this series. You've got 10 episodes there. And then they did this flashback where they basically this week's episode relived everything. So like the, the series began with that five minute montage that kind of went through all the, the greatest hits. They, they found a, a way to, in context of the narrative, a reason to go back and expand on all those scenes. And I was just like, I, I, I got to say again, Tyler Hecklin playing the first days of of Superman and his first appearance with even mm -hmm. putting down the green car and say, you know, they replayed that moment of thanks, my mom made it, you know, and, and that it was the Fleischer brothers outfit. I still right. not given me a, a good explanation for why he switched to the more cinematic and also 21st century kind of Superman outfit. But it just, it, it it's what it's maybe the first time I'll, I'll give Smallville some credit, uh, the, the series for Erica Durant's Lois Lane, but it may be the first time that I've truly understood why Clark Kent would fall in love with Lois Lane. And yes. they let that breathe and they let that pull out. So if you have not watched that episode yet, 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's actually a, a decent jumping on point, though at, at the end of the episode they kind of catch up with the larger narrative. But just seeing this, I, I felt like if you were a Superman fan and you did not like the concept of what this show was doing, you have to at least watch the first five minutes of the series. And then, and then I'd say watch this episode, and then it's going to make you want to go back and watch the whole thing and find out what, what the heck was going on. Because it's it's not a again it's not a superman story that we've really it, that they're adapting that we've seen before in a, in a situation but it's certainly dealing with themes and um and this is why i also i i don't think that it takes place in the rest of the so-called arrowverse um, because it's yeah. it's very specifically say, saying this week uh that he is the last son of Krypton, that he was alone. So we've seen, we first saw them all as, and I'm saying there probably is still going to be like an Arrowverse where Tyler Hecklin can appear and say he was Superman and, and, and he's another version in the Arrowverse. But I think Superman and Lois is taking place in, on its own. I think, I think they're, what they're doing is they're repeating what, basically used to happen it does it is more permeable now but you used to buy superman comics and you go there's a world world wrecking uh, villain out there uh why isn't anybody else showing up to fight him and it's still kind of it's that's what happens in his comic and then you have oh, yeah, justice yeah. league where everybody else is showing up and then they then they all band together to take on maybe the same exact but you know, the thing. older I get, the more problematic that gets in the comics. Like I, I've always said, oh, like yeah. like when you have a Batman story in which he doesn't believe in ghosts or aliens, and I go, "Your best friend is Superman." Yeah. How do you not believe in aliens as a as a logical solution to an issue? Yeah. You know, the Earth that Batman exists in best is one in which the others don't, and. I'd say, you know, which is while while I love things like like Infinite Frontier right now in, in comics, and I love Crisis on Infinite Earths way back when, and I was excited they did it for the CW. I'm really grateful that somebody could watch this Superman and Lois and understand both why I love Superman, but also find new characters and a new a kind of a take on the comic book character Jonathan Kent now the son John Kent who right. will be Superman in the comics um, you know the, the, they're showing that and they're giving you a new thing but you're not encumbered by you don't have to watch have watched Arrow you don't have to have watched The Flash or Supergirl though I've heard that Supergirl made an explanation for why maybe she wasn't in there in Superman and Lois but I also I, I don't think Supergirl exists in the narrative of this story and I think that's that's good. And I think the more that Warner Brothers, what are they, Warner Brothers Discovery this week, um, the more that they lean into the idea that they are multiverses and that you are only going to, you're going to see crossovers if it makes sense, but they don't necessarily have a continuity. Like I've heard that, that Margot Ro Robbie say this, that Harley Quinn in The Suicide Squad is, if you want her if you want to believe that's the same Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, the first film, and uh, Birds of Prey, you can because the character is sufficiently psychologically evolved and different enough that, yes, it could play in, but there's no, there's no 
concrete connection. It's just, it's like watching a bunch of different people playing Sherlock Holmes, I guess, or how many different Tarzans, you know? So anyway, I I think that if you are a comics fan and, uh, you know, Loki has the complexity, I think Superman and Lois has some complexity that's interesting. Uh, And again, the take on what's going on with the big bad, because we are still stuck with that. That's the way arcs work. Uh, (laughs) Seasons in superhero shows or, or science fiction shows. I think the take on the big big bad is different from the comics, but interesting, and I could see that somehow making it into comics continuity and whatever next infinite crisis Earth problem happens. You know that that, that history might be rewritten that way. So uh, I'm really really digging both those shows. I, it was a little bit of a slower burn for Loki, but I think for the reasons you said, it's a, it's it's talkier. And it's not so obvious that you're kind of like going, what's going on? Like WandaVision was mind-blowing from week to week. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier was uh, dealing with interesting social issues. And Loki is conceptual. Very. I think, I think Loki is also written more for the um, comics fan who likes to tear things apart. Mm-hmm. And try and, because, I mean, even if you, you know... The first episode and the, uh, the the Infinity Stones in the drawer kind of thing. What what that really that was means. a beautiful moment. Yeah, and what what that really means as far as uh, like Loki's now off quoted is this the most uh, amazing power in the universe or something like that. But when you, when you have Owen, Owen Wilson is when I first heard Owen Wilson, I'm going uh, he's just going to stand out as Owen Wilson in a in a Marvel show, but he is so incredible as as Mobius and his his patter with Loki they they couldn't be less alike but their conversation just blends so yeah wonderfully. and it's also this is an historic television uh, historic uh, Owen Wilson uh, appearance for not once so far has he said oh wow yeah <laughs> uh, but he's also made up to look like because uh, I, I checked this last night uh, Mark Gruenwald who'd been the editor on TVA and who the Mobius was originally designed to look like in the comics as an in-joke. And Mark Gruenwald, who unfortunately passed away, I think at age 47, way too young, but uh, was one of the real architects of like the Squadron Supreme, a huge impact on 80s and early 90s Marvel comics. And so it's a really nice, quiet acknowledgement of... uh, you know, of, of where this all came from. And, um, and, you know, you can walk into a, into a shop, uh, right now and you can pick up, like I would highly recommend if you can find, I think they just reprinted it as an omnibus journey into mystery, um, by Kieran Gillen, because I think that's going to, it's a heavy influence, but also Al Ewing's Loki agent of Asgard. Yeah. I've seen that uh, one on the shelf. I haven't seen yeah. that. Yeah. I picked it up yesterday. I thought about it because I read it originally, and I, I don't think I still ha- have the issues. And I thought, well, I, maybe I'd like it, like an edition. I, I think it's a little over thick and underbound, if you, if you will, of, of a paperback. Um, it's like forty dollars, um, but but it's such good stuff. And as usual, and this is back to my Lois and Superman uh, critique. Um, you know, I think that both those series that I mentioned, Journey into Mystery and Agents of Agent of Asgard, are they only go off the rails when they had to, to do a crossover. Which was, uh, Journey to Mystery launched in the middle of that Fear Itself event. 
Yeah, it, um, it launched before. I think it was like six issues of like I'm hooked, and then Fear itself happened. I'm like, yeah. and it totally derailed whatever uh, Kieran Gillen was trying to do. But with the, uh, with the young, the the reborn as a youth Loki, I think is going to become a little bit more important. Um, I think it's I, like, I think it's it's interesting, and uh, I think it's possible. And I think with the idea of the variants, we might have a couple of Lokis running around, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So since we just started talking about the collections you should buy if you if you want to read uh, <laughs> if you want to read about great Loki stories, let's get to comics because it's been a while. And and as you mentioned up top, you know you've been able to go back into into the story yourself. I think more recently than I have, I've been been going masked up, but I think you've been more just like. You know, right? Having your your books put on the on the curb and uh... <laughs> I did curbside. They weren't put on the curb. They actually had. Oh, it no, no, no. Okay, well, that's nice because for a while, Earth Two had this little card table up front to just call us and tell us, and then they'd open the door, yeah. they put the bags on the on the table, and then you you know, all right, now you can come close. Once we close the door, you know, so um, it was like a get smart operation. So yeah. You know, we're we're back in shops uh, nominally, provisionally. Again, don't know about Santa Clara County. Um, Los Angeles County just asked, of course, that everybody start at least wearing masks again indoors at shops yeah. because of the Delta variant. But um, but at least we're back in the stores and able to browse a little bit and see things that maybe we didn't know we wanted to pick up, and then we di- and then so we do. So what have you what have you found in the last couple of months? Well, I'm, I'm gonna. I found this actually longer than a couple of months ago, but uh, the one I wa- one I wanted to do spotlight and send everybody off to buy the graphic novels of and you you can pretty much the last one's a pre-order right now was uh robert kirkman and chris chris samney's firepower which that is a great book did you pick it all up i i haven't caught up okay i need to get i need to 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 get in there but uh so just to just to review this book started with a graphic novel size preview that introduced you to the main character and his history before shunting you into modern day where he's now living in suburbia um, with a family and gets pulled back into this mystical Kung Fu uh, world's world's, uh, colliding um, storyline, which is a little bit of a trope, but like all things Kirkman puts his hands on, he takes the tropes and he makes them fresh again. And... So we got we had that one oversized issue, then eleven issues of standard Kirkman. My God, did I I thought I just picked this book up? It's over already. The rapid fire stuff, but then you go back through and it's not rapid fire because it's slow. I mean because it's it's uh, empty. It's it's rapid fire because Kirkman's pacing is perfect. Um, yeah. Am I start, starting to sound like Nate? Um, uh, a little. A little okay, um, and then and, uh, let me let me put a, a native wordness to the turdness. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so and then it ends with an oversized twelfth issue, which brings everything together and has an ending before they're going to take it on again. So you can you can you can go ahead and buy all this stuff. You're going to get twelve plus one graphic novels. It's it's three volumes, um, but. You know, as most things in image are, they're very reasonably priced, um, yeah. and it's one of the best books I've read all year. 
I mean, or you you can hold off, and I'll, I'll say this is only because, uh, like Im- as everything Image does is yes, there are these nice trade paperbacks, but there's also um, there will also be uh, you know like an omnibus edition later. The way they they market their their uh, yeah. their new publications, they did that. Yeah. there were like three different ways that the Walking and now there's four. Three different ways the Mark, Walking Dead was marketed when they were first coming out with, and now they're doing the colorized version too. So it's yeah, four. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they haven't. I don't think they have they collected the colorized versions in the graphic novels yet. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. But um, yeah. So so anyway, uh, Firepower highly recommended. Chris Samney is his art is deceptive. If you look at it, like the 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 covers. He really, I love his work. He, he really should be work. drawn like three times as as big as he does, and then when they reduced him, he'd look you know he'd look as sparse as everyone else does crammed in. But uh, he's he perfect. reminds me a lot of Alex Toth. Yes, definitely. Like he's got that mastery. Steve Canyon. And, um, yeah, yeah. Milt, Milton Canoff, Canoff yeah. as well. Yeah. So I'm going to start on a on a kind of in level of maturity. Uh, <laughs> So my first is wow. a graphic novel that came out, I think, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, called Chunky, and I, and I say a level of maturity because it's for ages eight to twelve, uh, and it's a graphic novel by an animator and comic, longtime cartoonist Yehudi Mercado, and it's semi autobiographical, uh, which I think some comics readers will identify. Not all, I you know, from this kind of thing of the kid who is chunky, who is. Uh, out of shape and parents wanting to be a little more athletic. He's got some health issues and this furry imaginary friend shows up. It's almost like if Big Mouth, uh, the Netflix series were appropriate for the children that are portrayed in it. Uh, you know, it's, um, as he's trying to find his way into acceptance and who he ultimately, you know, it's not the spoiler that someday he, you know, becomes an artist and animator. Um, but it's it's really a delightful open story, and I'm, I'm trying to th- think what uh, cartoons he's done on. Uh, oh, he's a storyboard artist on the DC Superhero Girls, uh, so you can kind of see that influence in there. But I've been reading, uh, picked up some stuff by him uh, previously, and he does a thing called Hero Hotel, which is a, a really fun fun book. And and so far, everything that I've read by Yehudi is appropriate for kids, and it's one of those books that I think, oh, you know, if my son were eight again, you know, this would be, he would love this. He would love this book. You know, I'd love to share this. I'd love to share this with, you know, and so via podcast, I get to say, if you know someone between eight and eight to 12, uh, this is, uh, that maybe feels a little bit like an outsider. This is a terrific, terrific book for it. And even if they don't feel like an outsider, it's a great book for empathy and it's fun. It's funny and it's got a little bit of pathos, but it's a delightful, delightful graphic novel. And it's from why I I call it, it's, it's from Catherine Teigen books, which is a small imprint, but of a large company. Which is Harper Collins because everything secretly is you know some bigger company, but uh, but it's a nice little boutique imprint, and uh, so I, I highly recommend this Chunky by Yehudi Mercado. Cool. Okay, so in February we got a preview of this, and I think it was I think it was last week we got the first issue of this uh, new uh, environment. New old, new. It's it's actually it's it's actually a reboot. 
Um, this 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 is nothing but a reboot. Um, it's not it's not. Uh, I think the old history goes away, and we've got a whole brand new history for Milestone Comics at DC. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, this is a complete reboot. I'm glad you're you're choosing it. I was thinking about talking about this. Yeah, the the Infinite Edition Zero came out um, back in February, and basically wandered through this uh, this new Dakota, the city of Dakota, the county of Dakota. I think it's the city. The city. It's a city. Yeah. Um, where a a private, uh, a, a quiet, not quiet, but a peaceful protest is broken up by police who are using um, a gas that has not yet been okayed for use against riders, which of course is the zero event for a new um, group of empowered individuals. Um, and of course, this is, this is all coming back out of the 90s series, the Milestone, and it's 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 basically all the same characters. We start off this week with Static from Static Shock. Um, no, is, from Static. He was always Static. The animated series is Static. That's Shock. what I'm, I, that's what I wanted to say. I mean, a lot of people know Static because of mm -hmm. the animated series, not because they picked up the fairly short-lived series in on DC. But um, this is now Static, and these are all coming out. This is Static Season One. Yeah, which I am going to correct you. Uh, only in the short-lived uh, milestone lasted five or six years, and uh, it's, I can't remember why they. I mean, par probably partial sales, but there was in the new fifty-two. Uh, I think it only lasted six issues. Static Shock and Zombie was also from right. uh, with an X was Zombie also from the milestone. Didn't last very long. No, that was six issues. I know. Yeah, but a lot of new fifty-two stuff just wasn't good. Yeah, and that included their redo of Static and calling it Static Shock. Anyway, yeah, I've, I'm sorry. Um, this this is a. I mean, I I read all the the previous ones. I enjoyed I enjoyed all of Milestone personally. And my favorite is the one that um, I, I haven't seen it at uh, it uh, offered in previews yet, which is uh, the Blood Syndicate. I don't think they're going to do the Blood Syndicate. I, it, it, I'm, I think I, the characters are going to appear, but I, I don't think they're going to do a series. I was trying to find out about that, and I, I would understand why they wouldn't, because it is yeah. a, it is not a team, it is a gang. And um, glorifying gang gangs is probably is problematic. Um, yeah, I think, wasn't there even a character named Tech Nine? Yes. After a gun? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, then, then you have, but you do have currently on up, upcoming um you've got static and you've got icon and rocket which is kind of a cross between cross between superman and batman because you've got the sidekick yeah uh rocket with the uh the the perfect uh, alien man um icon and then hardware who is who is the uh the milestone take on on tony stark and and, and iron man armor and in fact, I think that um, there were at least a couple issues where uh, the thing about um, hardware is that uh, I can't—I don't remember the name of the of the uh, the scientist who who created the hardware uh, suit, but he would drop down a tube, yeah, and and the the armor would grow on him as he went down. And I think that uh, 
Iron Man did that for a couple episodes when um, I think after Extremis, because Extremis he was just it was just coming out of his skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was that's that's cool. And the other one, it's hardware and. They had a team book called Shadow Cabinet, where but right. that one that one was short. That one was um, because that was near the tail end when they started like doing a, a Metropolis Dakota crossover. Um, I feel I think you're right. I think there's one other, and I do want to say well, Zombie was you know. Zombie, but it didn't it didn't tie in as closely to the others. Um, because you knew Static and because I think Static and, and Rocket were friends, were, so that was crossing over into. Yeah each other's books uh, from time to time. And uh, yeah, I think I, 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 it's interesting because you're right. It is a complete, to me, a complete reboot where there are certain, I mean, we haven't really seen that much yet of what uh, Icon and Rocket are going to do. But what was interesting about the take on hardware originally was, right. He was kind of, he was Tony Stark, but more bluntly a jerk. Like yeah. people, People no, didn't really like him, but in this reboot, they've given him a good reason because he's being blamed for the incident, which I don't think he was in the original that gave it, that gave everybody the, the powers. Right. Um, and I've seen some complaints, so I just want to address it, you know, that, that static and, and I am friends with one of the original creators, Mike, Michael Davis, uh, who's, family basically every, every statics family was named after michael's and um what i the original virgil hawkins was very bright well i mean this this version is too but i mean I, I mean sunny he had a happy disposition he was just trying to make things better and the criticism i've seen is this is really he's he's dark he's a little sullen and and i just want to comment on that 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 bothered me in the Infinite Edition, you know, was that what it was called? Milestone Infinite or something? I mean, because I read it and went, okay, I see what their takes are of everybody. But when I read the first issue of Static in this, I thought, do you know any teenagers right now? Because that's how they feel. Yeah. It's actually really accurate. I mean, I wish it was better. I wish they were more hopeful and happy. Um, but the world isn't showing them that much. So I think this is a really actually pretty accurate take it's an interesting revamp for 2021 no it's in the um the art style in, in static's really dynamic um the the uh the cliffhanger on the first episode is just like wow if you're gonna start doing that to your characters um this is gonna <laughs> I like be that crazy we, i like it because it is season one and you can say the first episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, the, and and they're all set to run for six six issues in mm -hmm. there. So we're right back there to uh, six issue six episode TV shows. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So good. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. So far, uh, with what they I'm really looking forward to Rocket and Icon because that was my favorite out of them. I really like Blood Syndicate. I agree with you. That there's a reason why I, I don't think they're going to bring it back. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of left me cold, but. You know. I just checked the milestone return, and the Blood Syndicate preview at the bottom of it says to be continued across the Milestone universe. So they will be showing up in other other people's books. Well, and they should because one one of the villains already did the fire. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a kid at Virgil's high school that, right. that has fire powers, but there was also a reference to the actual 
big bad of of Blood Syndicate. So um, I think that we'll we'll be seeing them throughout. I just don't know. I, I think in general, and I, I guess I understand to some extent, DC is all over the place. Um, partially because they've got corporate overlords that just changed a month ago, yeah. and they the the previous one didn't know what they wanted to do. You know, so. Like you, as you said, you're probably buying more DC right now because you're back in the back in the shop, and I think there's really good stuff. But I'm also again at I, it's almost more enticing to me knowing that it's only going to be six issues, and they're just trying to tell discrete stories. That I'm I'm into it, which is I realize that's probably all of my picks this week. So my next one is uh, a book from Vault comics which is a, a smaller press I, I i don't know what you know what qualifies as independent anymore but but they've been they've been doing some really consistently good work but like image and dark horse it's not really a, a tied together universe or anything but this is a sort of superhero story and it's called the blue flame and uh, number two came out just last week and it's by christopher cantwell uh, art by adam gorham with colors by Kurt Michael Russell and lettering by Hassan Osmane Elkow, uh, Elow, sorry. Um, and it's, it's a book that takes as its central premise that you have those, which we're not hearing much about anymore. Real life superheroes. Recall that movement from a few years ago. Um, and a team uh, of real life superheroes, in which uh, we never really get to see them fighting crime. There's sort of they make references to silver. They appear at a at a car rally or you know whatever a, a monster truck show, and they're the the guests of honor. And there's an attack and parallel to it. So you see this character, this guy who assumes the identity of the Blue Flame, and you kind of led to believe he's sort of nothing. You know that they're all just people like doing social work kind of like a lot of the real life superheroes were doing. And uh, so there's an attack and they lose. And, but in parallel in another dimension, the blue flame wakes up and his uniform is much slicker. It is, uh, he seems to have at least a weapon that works much cleaner and better than his, uh, than it did on earth. And he is on trial for the fate of humanity. Are we worth admitting into a galactic union? And so they're going back and forth between the reality of his life on Earth and not sure what exactly, if we're going to say, is this really happening? Is this a hallucination he's having? But it's it's really well told, and I think it's a kind of a... Although I sometimes get tired of the deconstructions of heroism, I, I think right now... Uh, trying to define and defend what makes our culture worthwhile is a good thing. So I, I, I really like the art. It's, it's clean. It's simple. It's again, it's, it's, it's like, you know, one of the reasons I'm drawn to Chris Samney. I, I, I don't think it's like superly ornate, but it, it tells the story well. And so I, I, I recommend this. It's two issues in, I think it'll probably be only if vault, follows his history. I, I think it's probably going to be about six, six issues total, but really recommend. And there's time you can get into your local shop and they'll probably still have number one on the stands too. So the blue flame. Cool. Um, the next one I've got up is, uh, 
came out, uh, the first issue came about three months ago. Uh, the, the third issue just came out this week. And um, this is uh, not, not, uh, not unusual that it, it's got uh, Alex Ross uh, covers, uh, at least on the first two. I didn't get the cover credit on the third one. Um, but the Marvels. From uh, mm, yeah, Marvel yeah, you were talking about number one. That was the last time we, uh, I yeah. think, that we recorded. So, um, this uh, this is uh, turning out to be a really interesting book. Um, the, the Mar Marvel has this gets confusing. Marvel Comics has talked about um, a view of superheroes from the street street side. Now, I think Ben Urich was the main character in the first one um, doing reporting on on different heroes something like that i can't i don't remember correctly i don't know that i followed the whole whole series all the way through what but, the original marvels yeah it wasn't ben Urick. it was uh phil i remember what phil's last name was but it was a character that kurt Busiek and alex ross uh created okay for the series but it was it and was a journal has shown up since yeah. yeah so this 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 is abandoned that it has kind of gone um every which way um the 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 everyman character in this in this series is beautifully built for this for this but because of the way this story skips around in time starting in 1947 in um in in french indochina in the Sinkong province um where we have any number of before they became superheroes or supervillains people carrying up uh, you have of course you have Reed Richards and Ben Ben Grimm showing up uh, by vestige of being Reed's uh, being in the Pentagon and Ben being um, you know, a fighter pilot driver and uh, taxed for Reed to go along with this. Um, but investigating strange things that are happening in that part of the world, which as the series has developed, has brought more and more of Marvel's almost secondary histories into this. Um, I, without spoiling too much, we've got everyone from the Shi'ar to the Deviants mm. showing up in this book as, as kind of like something's going on bigger than we're, we're thinking. We have all the, all the uh, monsters that Jack Kirby did uh, back in the early 60s. Um, but my favorite character is a tour guide who uses who uses recovered superhero gear to to really give his clients a a, a plus a plus uh, view of what living in in uh, New York with all the superheroes around um, and then we the more we learn about him and his background and where he gets the stuff and how it gets fixed um, this book is really developing in the way you would expect a, you know, a, a Game of Thrones or Roots or one of, a, a big miniseries um, on television would, with really distinct but connected time timelines. It's almost, I mean, it reminds me a little, a little bit of, um, oh, uh, oh yeah, uh, Jupiter's Legacy in that mm, okay. we've got, we've got, People then and people that we we actually uh, 
the guy who turns eventually turns into Modoc. I can't remember his name now. Um, Gregory um, shows Patton up. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Patton Oswalt was in in uh, in 1947 in, in the uh, French Indochina. Yes. No, I believe it. And Batrock, and uh, just crazy combinations of characters. You wouldn't just you you would never just pitch. Uh, this is, uh, I, I've been trying to find out how many issues this is going to be. It feels like it's going to, it feels like they're pacing for 12. Um, I could easily see this thing going much longer though. Yeah, but I, here's what I, I guess, because, uh, I, I have meant to get the energy to, uh, to, to write something after I just finished, uh, Heroes Reborn and, and then their Infinite Frontier over at DC and realizing that I think, you know, every big crossover is just a setup for another big crossover. And, uh, you know, event well, to event to event. certainly the case of DC. And I, and I, oh, it, it's certainly the case in what Marvel is doing. Everyone leads into, and if you read Heroes Reborn. I did. Uh, yeah. I, well, Heroes Return ends with, and here comes the next one. Not telling you when it's going to be, but I think yeah. the Marvels is setting up a world that will uh, allow that because I've already seen ads for like time loss, like the young, uh, what do they call the white room, Natasha. And I think there's reference in like 1947, uh, Logan and that, you know, there's going to, but they're not all quite in the same time. So I, I, you know, I think that, I think that we're see, you're secretly getting lulled and I and look, it, it's the model. It's the model right now because, again, even though comic sales are up, I suspect that comic sales are going to a lot of a lot more independence because certainly during um, the pandemic, the worst of the pandemic, it was the independents that were stepping up and saying, like, "Hey, if you buy our book online, we'll we'll give some credit to your local shop." You know, DC and Marvel really didn't do that; they just kept pumping out stuff and. So I think that, that, you know, I think people are trying a lot of different things, but the model that works, look, if it didn't work, I mean, it's like reading Dark Knight's Metal as much as I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's like if they, if it didn't sell, they wouldn't have made it, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's just where we are. And I'm just, and the only reason I say I'm tired of it is because I'm older now. I've been through so many cycles of it that I just want you to give me a good good straight up story but i do like the i do like the flavors of other characters in there i got excited watching loki when they made a reference to we took care of vampires and i was like well they just set up blade you know <laughs> and acknowledge that and 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 titans and i'm like they, you know i i love the deep cuts but it's like to anybody complaining about it, i'm not getting my superman or 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 my heroes right now are not the ones i remember it's like Trust me, I know that I, I can look on my shelf and I have about 40, 50 years worth of comics in omnibuses and in trades uh, that I haven't read all of it, but it's all still there. And so, I, you know, I'm pretty sure the versions that I love are still there to enjoy. So, you know, I'm I the Marvel sounds really interesting and I think I'll probably pick it up, put all together in one collection. Yeah, um, I, it's oddly oddly that you odd that you bring up metal because that was something I entirely skipped. After after reading the first couple of issues, I just said, this is just... Oh, no, it's silly. It's, it, it, it's and, so and, scattered. And I, I admit it. It's all over the place, and at least they kind of acknowledged it, that, look, you know, from the beginning, they said, if we win this one, the universe just resets, and nothing we did here will be 
part of the continuity, right. except now they've built into there are people that do remember it. And uh, but what I did, what I did pick up, what which metal ties into what was the the one the the two issues of everything um, in DC? Uh, it was all the future, uh, future, oh, future state. state. Future, future state. state two and three issues there were some right. more some were less and so uh i the only one of those i read was um legion of superheroes which of course didn't matter it didn't yeah right it was a farewell to the series yeah, yeah. so yeah. the one that i did pick up last week was infinite frontier number one which mm-hmm. which is directly out of um out of no. the, the other yeah. events no there's right. there's 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 definitely impetus into this from that um, but I don't care because this thing, this thing, I'm going into this and this is just as crazy as anything else they've done. It's, you know, the, it's, it is almost, it's so distracted in itself that, um, I'm just along for the ride. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I agree. And I bought the infinite frontier case files. I think whatever this I week that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was torn. It's good art, um, and uh, it's the the narrative thread tying it together is Mister Bones, and I I find myself strangely fascinated by that character. Yeah, but you know, and, and so it is one of those. It's a pick and choose when you go like. There's a story about Calvin Ellis. Okay, great, cool. Give me a story about the about President Superman that kind of explains to me what his day is like. Okay, that was cool. I, you know, I'm into that, but then they had a Red Arrow or a Roy Harper thing. I'm like, I don't even know what the heck's been going on with Roy Harper. Right. So I don't even care why this is of urgency and it's not done particularly well. So it's a, it's a mixed bag. And I, and you know, so, but I'm with you. That's what I gave him with, with metal is like, you know, if you have DC infinite, is that the app now you might want to go back and just thumb through, you know, read it digitally for fun because like I said, you put on a Led Zeppelin album and <laughs> and you read it and then it's like, okay, cool. Cause they're, they're cool characterizations, but they, like I said, they acknowledge they're not the characters, you know, they're just, they have the same names. They've had some things in, in common and you're never going to catch up to all the things that happened to them. So it's like, I, yeah, I, I'm with it with an infinite frontier that you're going to give me a, a bunch of different alternate universe things. But like, there's this thing, if you have an earth two but Alan Scott was still now somehow Green Lantern in the 40s on Earth-1. Why? Yeah. You know, I got along so many growing up with Justice Society being an Earth-2 concept that, you know, I don't know. But let me give my last recommendation. Because, again, always, well, whatever we say is, you know, enjoy what you enjoy. I, I don't have a problem. And I'd love it if somebody writes in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. <laughs> Or comments on Facebook, or even tweets tweets at me about you know some book that you think is is really cool, um, because I, you know I've been been following at least the like uh, David Evoloni and and Ryland Grant's uh, the Writers Room podcast. I, I don't I don't watch it regularly necessarily, but I always check who their guests are because I've suddenly discovered a couple of uh, imprints that I didn't know existed. You know, because you can't keep on track on top of it all. But it's like, oh, I looked at their stuff, and some of that seems interesting. But that includes this one, I guess. I did know who the publisher was, Aftershock Comics. And uh, this is, I've I've been going through a very long horror phase. Uh, I've been writing fiction that is much more horror-oriented than normal for me and watching a lot of horror films. But, uh, so this, uh, this creeped me out. 
I'm going to give kudos to this book for creeping me out. It's called Bunny Mask, and uh, it's by Paul Tobin, and Andrea Muti is the artist. Uh, so they are the co-creators of this, and the lettering is by Taylor Esposito, longtime giant in lettering, um, if you are a lettering fan. And I think the more the more we uh, have chatted with Richard Starkings over the years, the more I feel like, yes, I, I have come to appreciate lettering as an art form much more than I did as a child. Um, but this book was just... Uh, you know, it's a, it's an incredible first chapter. It's like you, when you say, you know, there's that the end of that first episode in the cliffhanger. What? Um, this is about uh, a, a social worker who, or I, I'll be doing it poor justice. He is kidnapped by a man who is kind of insane, who is torturing his daughter, and he's hearing voices, and they're excavating into this cave. And this is like the first ten pages, and it's just creepy and I don't know where this thing is going and then there's a rescue and it's a setup for what is you know what happens years later and again I, I just don't want to describe more because I don't want to give away uh, the things that are just creepy and it's almost like this is called bunny mask there with the cover I have is a, a cut out of a black bunny mask and it might be like a horror superhero concept, but I think that I am just doing it no justice by saying that because I don't think there's anything heroic going on. I just think that a character accidentally did something good, but by its own strange, monstrous logic. And it just happened to work out for a guy, you know, <laughs> it was just like, uh, it has been a book I read. Uh, I read it about a week and a half ago, and it has just stayed with me. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to the the rest of this. And you know, you can't buy everything from an imprint, but I I do often buy uh, first issues from both Aftershock and Vault uh, for for the reason that even if I don't continue with the series, it may be that I pick up the first issue and go. And think, when it's all done, I'll buy the trade and read it all in one. Because the creators that are working on these books are very much doing novels. And and I haven't really been disappointed yet. There might be something that's not my cup of tea, but they're always well done. And so, you know, I, I think we'll be hearing as life comes back, you know, in comic shops, thrive a little more consistently. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more from Aftershock and Vault, uh, as well as, I think, possibly Source Point Press, which I'll admit that many of the titles that they have done, I've given a shot and thought good concepts, not necessarily like the execution, but they, they do have some stuff coming up that I've seen some pages from and thought, this is better. And and they're really coming up, you know, this, this, one, this one will work um for me so you know uh once again bunny mask number one still in the stores i don't know when number two comes out anyway that's that's it of course there's many more as you could hear from the way that rick and i talked about these books we started throwing in all these others and uh you know jeff johns and and uh and gary frank finished their i hope it's not finished actually but the third batman earth one graphic novel and yeah. i i still stand by my god that is the best re of a Batman rethinking of the character. It's like, you know, I didn't really like three jokers, but oh, oh man, I will defend those earth one books. I, I, there's not a one in that series, regardless of which character it is that I, from that imprint, cause I guess that's what it, that I haven't loved. Yeah. I just but picked again, up the green lantern ones. Oh, those were great. 
but again, they also don't reference any of the others. They're all right. in and of themselves. Right. And so, you know, if you're curious about the characters, these are fascinating takes. So there's so much out there. And I got to say that, of course, we're leaving you with a huge summer reading list uh, because it's going to be probably another three to four weeks before I have the time to uh, – to settle down and record a podcast with Rick. Uh, cause if you're following on Instagram, occasionally the hashtag fanboy on the move shows up, uh, fanboy planet, whatever business address is officially relocating to Burbank in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and so, uh, so that means that I'm packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking and doing all kinds of things and, and really want to set up the studio. Are you, right. So are you officially in beautiful downtown Burbank? I don't think it's officially beautiful downtown. Okay. We're not far away. Okay. Uh, not far away. That will still be where I'm going to see movies at the uh, at the Burbank uh, AMC with the bat- beautiful bronze Batman life size statue uh, in front. So yeah, uh, that's uh, so it's just going to be I'm I'm going to be in flux for for a while. So uh, thanks for listening this long and for staying with us. And and trust me, it will come again and you know as I said join the conversation follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram but of course write into editor at fanboyplanet.com and we're trying to be a little tighter with format and talk about stories that that like comics everybody's always going to be able to go back and find comics movie news by the time we get out that might be a little outdated but you know I, I would just like to hear what kind of things you like to hear us talk about because there, Rick and I hotly debated each week, uh, and sometimes he wins, and sometimes I, I, well, not each week, but you know, this week it was sort of like I just want to do comics, and then you're like, I, and then Rick said I want to talk about Loki, and I'm like, okay, you're right, because I want to. I think we've got two incredible shows right now, um, you know, and, and I certainly am in a mood where I really would rather just point you towards the good stuff that you can still access and find. So yeah, you let me know if that's a, uh, if that's a take that works. And once again, it's editor at fanboyplanet.com. And of course, uh, comic cons coming up at home. So hopefully you can get some attendee attendance there that will on fanboyplanet.com, maybe giving you some previews of stuff. And, and of course, if there are really cool panels, we'll, we'll try to share those as well. So, uh, thank you. Thank you all for listening and, and watching, if you did, this one does not have a video component. Uh, I do not have a face for video this week. So uh, let's just go with with that. Thank <laughs> That's what the so green much. screen mask is for. i I got to mask my entire self. If I wear the bunny mask, but then I have to ruin the cover. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you so much. Uh, once again, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for, for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.